Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. When I tell someone what I do for a living outside of industry, people and events, I'm usually met with a response like, wow, that must be fun, or I've always wanted to do that, something along those lines. And it typically stays very surface level. And they think that I, you know, play with fabrics and color and paint swatches during the day. And that's fine. I I really don't have any issue with that. But I want to talk today about what I really do for a living. And I mainly want to talk to the designers who seem to be struggling with how to define what they do for a living beyond what seems obvious to the average consumer. So let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. If you didn't hear last week's episode, it was an interview with my friend Linda Holt, and we went into great detail. She just couldn't share enough of her knowledge with all of you listening on the tips and tricks of taking your own photos on job sites. And even up to the end where you take those beautiful portfolio photos, she really believes that we can do that on our own and frankly save a considerable amount of money by skipping the professional photography route. So if you didn't listen to that episode, I really recommend you going back to listen to episode 88 with Linda Holt because she went above and beyond sharing all of her knowledge so that we can elevate our own photographic skills. So, but today I want to talk about what I do for a living. And the reason this is coming up is I'm excited to say there are a bunch of new designers inside the course I built, Renovation Management for Interior Designers. And when someone joins the course, we always send out a questionnaire. Who are you? How many years have you been in the business? What type of the business are you predominantly working in? Decorating, renovation management, projects you're working on, you know, the basics where we'll get to know a new member on a deeper level. And then we ask what they want to get out of the course. And there has been a very consistent undertone of, I want to get from the course the ability to understand how to communicate what I do for a living. And as a designer, almost 30 years in the business, I get that. I do and have always struggled with what I do for a living. Because as I mentioned earlier, when I'm out in my normal world and someone says, hey, oh, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm an interior designer. It's usually, oh my gosh, that must be so fun. Oh, I always wanted to do that. Or, oh, I love tinkering around my own home. And look, the reality is, These people, I don't believe, are being insulting. They're not demeaning the industry. And I know some designers, they actually feel that they are being demeaned when someone says things like that. And 
I'd like to just believe the best in everybody. And frankly, some of what we do for a living is really fun. It can be exciting, right? And so that I think is what they're seeing, you know, in the shelter magazines or on these shows that, you know, I can't stand, but they're still seeing little glimpses of what we do, whether they're fully accurate or not. And you know how I believe that they're not accurate they still see something in our industry that they find enticing or exciting. And so, sure, I let them go on that, right? Because it can be fun. And I hope all the designers listening do enjoy what they do because it's a lot of work, as we all know. And so you may as well enjoy what you're doing. But here's the thing, and here's what I tell people if they're actually interested in hearing what I do, because we've all been a part of those conversations, right? It's, you know, at a kid event or at some sort of party, and people really are just trying to make small talk. And they're not truly interested in diving into, you know, your philosophical ideas about your profession. However, clients are interested in that. Contractors are interested in that. They want to know where you stand and what you will bring to a project. And so here's the thing, and this is what I want all designers to incorporate into their own verbiage when they're talking about what they do. Yes, I decorate. I decorate all day long. I enjoy the decorating part of my business. And yes, I manage renovation construction. It again is something that is just in my DNA that I love to do. And it bends my brain in a different direction than the decorating part of my business. But ultimately, both of those pieces allow me to improve the quality of my clients' lives. Let me say that again. What I do for a living improves the quality of my clients' lives in the house that they're living. Full stop, people. And think about that because you know that it's true. But today I'm going to go into some examples so that you can really, truly appreciate it. And then let's also discuss how unique that is for an industry right? I have friends who are lawyers. They love what they do. They're not improving the quality of my life in my home, right? They are improving my life in other ways, which is commendable and and needed in some cases. But we as interior designers go into the most private spaces a person has, and we improve them. Now, some can say, and, and I have said in the past, it can be overwhelming. I mean, you are in someone's bedroom. You are in someone's closet. You are in someone's bathroom. You literally see every component and aspect to a client's life. And I take that very seriously. We've discussed this in the past. It's, you know, it's private information. I mean, hell, I know if my client sleeps on the left side or the right side of their bed. I know when they shower. I know approximately how long they shower for. I mean, these are kind of weird things, right? I mean, I've told this story before, but I will tell it again because it is impactful in this episode. I had a client, we were doing his master bath, and he said, I want to do a sun salutation in my shower every morning. Now, the architect looked at me like, do you know what he's talking about? And I said, yeah, I know what he's talking about. And I said, sir, you're going to have to stand up so I can measure you. And he's like, what? Why? And I said, because I need to know what your wingspan is. If you're going to be doing a sun salutation in your shower, it's not going to fall into anything that we may consider standard in sizing. And sure enough, he stood up, 
I took my tape measure. I measured him out. I added a little. I knew his wife was smaller than him and likely shorter wingspan. And guess what? He did sun salutations, or so he tells me. I certainly don't have proof of that. But he did sun salutations in his shower every morning. That improved the quality of his life because that was a goal he had for himself. Okay, so that was a little tiny little tidbit because I want to tell five different ways I helped impact the quality of my clients' lives in very different ways. And I think designers listening and homeowners listening, you'll hear elements that you can connect with. And that's what I want you to hear today. Because this is how you are going to not just sell your services, because this is not necessarily a sales pitch, although it is an important component, but it is a way to explain your value on any project that a client is lucky enough to have you on. And I want you to hear that. Clients hiring trained designers, they are winning because they have hired your expertise, your knowledge, and your know-how so that you can take them to the next level inside of their own home. That is an incredible opportunity for both the homeowner and the designer to take on together. Okay, so I have a client, they have a very large house, and they know it, they they understand that their house is large, and they put on an addition. And the woman said to me, I feel foolish doing this, Renee, we have plenty of room. But I also have three teenagers, two that will be leaving for college in the next three to four years. And frankly, our hangout space for them is in the basement. Now, don't get me wrong and let your mind define basement the way mine is. Their basement was tricked out. It had a screen that rolled down and a big projector. I mean, it had a pool table, foosball. We had done it up. But guess what? She felt disconnected from these children because she was upstairs in the kitchen and family rooms, one big space that we added on a couple years prior. And she said, I don't feel connected. I can sometimes hear them laughing because I leave the door to the basement open, but I don't know what they're laughing about. I can't connect with them. I can't add into the conversation. I also, I can't know what's going on in their lives when they're talking to each other. Now, she's not looking to to spy or listen into their deep, dark secrets. She's looking for a connection. And she said, Renee, my time is short. So we put believe it or not, another family room off of the family room that was connected to her kitchen. And yes, there are two very large screen TVs. At certain angles, you can see together, but they're separated enough that both kids and parents can be watching different shows without hearing the others. Well, sometimes the kids have it up too loud, but there is enough privacy. There are doors, but she can see her children. They can wander into the kitchen, grab a drink out of the fridge and wander back and still feel that they're cool enough to have their own space. We put a ping pong table. There's a foosball table, huge sectional sofa, and that's where they and their friends hang out. And the mom said it is the best money, the best investment she has made to this house. And trust me, we've made lots of investments at this house. But she feels that connection with her kids that she definitely was missing out on before. 
So there is an enormous improvement in the quality of life that she's living with her children in that house. Now, don't get me wrong. The dad, he was perfectly fine with the kids being in the basement. But now that they're up, he gets it. He enjoys it. He'll see something on the TV. They were watching a game, apparently, and he wandered in and he started talking about the game. The mother said to me, if that had been in the basement, one, we wouldn't have known what they were watching. And two, it would have felt a little awkward, you know, like going down the steps, like, oh, hey, here I am. I'm coming into the room. All of that goes away because of the continuity of the two spaces that we created. So that is an amazing win for a designer and one that the family definitely feels is a huge win for their relationships. So then a second client purchased a beautiful old stone home built in the 1920s. And I am very fortunate. There are lots of those homes in the area where I live. But here's the thing with those homes. Those homes were built at a whole nother world, right? A whole nother way of living. There was staff at that time. A lot of those houses had live-in staff. And so the third floor of a lot of these original homes are little warrens of rooms. And they typically were for a nanny or a housekeeper. And so they had typically one hall bath, very small, typically with a footed bathtub, not a shower stall. And all these tiny little rooms. And look, I see a lot of them. Most of the time, people leave them as is. They use them for storage. Sometimes their teenagers take over and use all the rooms as one is a study room, one is a TV room, one is a bedroom. But this family had a different need for this space. Both of their families lived out of town. And they said when their family comes, they're shoehorned into the second floor of the house into one guest bedroom, and they're sharing a bathroom with one of their children. And so inevitably, while they do everything they can to make their parents feel welcome, they feel a little like they're imposing. And they're sharing a bathroom with their grandchild, whom they love endlessly, but it's just not an experience that's really working for them. So we took the third floor and we reorganized the little rooms. We created a true bedroom that was large enough for a queen-size bed, a bureau, a chair, an ottoman, floor lamp, places where their parents will feel comfortable for extended stays. We took two other little rooms. We combined them into a proper bathroom with a full shower stall, a sink, a toilet, all of the accoutrements that modern living expects. And guess what happened? The in-laws come and they stay now. Now, some of you may be cringing saying, well, geez, I don't want to build something for my in-laws to stay longer than a weekend. But that's not what this family wanted. This family wanted their parents, their in-laws to stay for extended periods of time. And now they do. They actually will stay three weeks, four weeks. So there are times where actually one set of parents leave, the next set of parents come into town. The family is cherishing this time together, having the proper spaces where they can all comfortably live and spend time together. 
The husband even came up to me at the end. He said, we've lived in this house for five years. My family has never felt so comfortable and welcomed in my home. This has been an amazing investment in our family's lives. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that as a designer, right? I can't even really take all the credit because the house existed. We just reorganized the space so that the parents and in-laws were comfortable to stay longer. But they don't all have to be huge renovations. I have a client who was battling a very significant health scare. And she came to me and said, I hate my bathroom. I mean, really, sort of out of the blue one day. We were decorating on the first floor and she had mentioned something about a bathroom, but really hadn't taken it to the next level. And she just almost interrupted a meeting and said, I really hate my bathroom. It really doesn't feel like me. And I really want somewhere to escape, somewhere where I can get some peace and solitude that just feels pretty. And I said, well, that's something we can do. And that's something we can do easily. We didn't change any of the structure. We simply changed the style inside the existing bathroom walls. It was really quite simple, but it made an enormous difference in this woman's life. She has a space that feels peaceful, that's serene, that feels like her. So when she has had a long day, and trust me, this woman has very long days periodically, she can go in, she can go take a tub, listen to music, and just relax. Now, as a designer, that may actually be one of my favorite projects to deliver to a client because I know that she emotionally and mentally needed that space to get her through the battle that she's waging for her health. So again, it is an honor. It is my privilege to help clients elevate the quality of their lives inside the homes that they live in. Now, through the pandemic, I'm sure a lot of you started cooking more. I know I did. I'm not sure I enjoyed much of that, but I did have clients that thoroughly enjoyed it. And I had a longtime client who I knew to be a really good cook. I mean, she makes her own hummus kind of cook. I I just can't even imagine. I've been over at her house during meetings when she's finishing up a batch. And I just look at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just buy that stuff. And she, she laughs at me, makes fun of me usually puts a little dish together and sends me home with it. And of course, it is 10 times better than anything I purchase at Whole Foods. However, I still am not going to be making my own hummus. But this homeowner, she wanted to elevate her baking, elevate her cooking during COVID. And frankly, it was a challenge in the space that she had. It was a beautiful kitchen, don't get me wrong. But the things that she wanted to do, the baking she wanted to do, the layout wasn't working, the oven wasn't what she needed it to be. It was just minor tweaks. But by doing those tweaks alone, elevated her experience in the kitchen. She was able to tackle new recipes, new experiments for her family, who she loves to cook for. And this is extended family. She'll have 20, 30 people over for a weekend and make everything that they eat, literally from breakfast to dessert after dinner. She will make it all. And so by coming together, knowing my client the way I did, 
it enabled me to elevate her existing space. We did not demo anything out. We swapped out appliances. We added a baking station for her. We actually even added an amazing Mac Daddy coffee station because that's what her husband wanted. He's got this built-in coffee with the filtered water, couldn't be happier. And he said, well, if she's getting all of that, I get this. So, okay, we did demo out a little area in the pantry space for that. But otherwise, it was simply swapping things out and putting in new to reflect her changes in her cooking So she could continue growing as a home chef. And frankly, she told me the only downside is she spends even more time in her kitchen because it finally serves her needs. And that's just an amazing thing to hear. That's what we want for a home. We want the home to serve the needs of those living in it, right? Whether it's the woman who wants to cook more or whether it's the kids that want to watch the TV or the in-laws that want to come visit their grandkids. You know, all of those needs are specific and unique to each home, but that's our job is to elevate that experience and provide those spaces in order to give the need that they are looking for. And lastly, a personal story. I was blessed to have my grandfather living until 99. And frankly, he was amazing until a about 97 and a half. He was still very much living on his own in a cottage. And I had to help move him from his home, my grandparents' home, into a cottage in a nursing facility because it served my grandmother's needs. I was worried for him. He was incredibly vibrant at the time. I knew how he lived and he was very regimented as far as he ate breakfast in the kitchen. He ate lunch in the living room at a card table, and he ate his dinner at the dining room table, right? So I did have some inside knowledge to this. Now, we had a two-bedroom cottage for him, and we enclosed a porch to give him a sunroom. And I took the furniture that I knew he used every day, and I spread it throughout the cottage so that he would intentionally spend time in the sunroom. He would intentionally spend time in the dining room, and he would intentionally spend time in the office that we created out of the second bedroom. And I did that, one, just to keep him stimulated, change his scenery, and to make the quality of his life more enjoyable in a considerably smaller space than he was accustomed to. And I think, honestly, that comes from the years I lived in Manhattan in teeny tiny little apartments and often with roommates And you had to be clever with how you utilize the space, one, so that you actually used all of the space you were paying gobs and gobs of money per month to live in, but also to change your scenery. It is just not healthy to stay in the same space time and time again, day in and day out. And I never told him I intentionally did that, but he commented a couple of years in saying, how interesting that you put my you know, three dining areas in three different spaces. And he said, I guess that was luck. And I looked at him and I said, I guess you could call it luck. And then we had a good laugh about it. And by the way, this is the man where the Davinia comes from. It was my great grandmother's maiden name. And he used to tease me endlessly about naming my company Davinia Design because he swore no one would be able to pronounce it correctly. And 
sadly, he was mostly correct. But here I thought he'd be honored that I was using my middle name and his mother's maiden name as my company name. But it didn't play out that way. He also just thought it was silly. But anyway, we had a delightful relationship and I took it for how he meant it. But that was an important component to his life, the quality of his life, as simple as just moving through a one-story cottage. And so why do I tell you these stories? I tell you the stories so that you can be thinking through your own projects. How can I elevate the quality of my client's life? Now, no one knows your client better than you. And that is why our industry is so critically needed. Yes, our clients, they can go to Restoration Hardware and buy a sofa. And they can talk to a nice salesperson about the quality of the inserts in the cushions and the fabric choices and whether a performance fabric would be better than a wool fabric and what have you. They can get all of that kind of knowledge from a retail store that may or may not claim to have in-house designers. You can't stand that term, but I digress. But what we do when a client has hired us and entrusted their project to us, we elevate it to the next level. Yes, I specified and purchased a sectional sofa for my client whose kids she wanted closer to her. Yes, I knew what fabrics, I knew she loves blue, I know she loves plaids. We integrated them through pillows and accent furniture, and I knew all that about her. And yes, I help my clients purchase their furniture, but I know them. I know how my client wants to sit. I know that my client's kids are going to lay on this sectional and watch a TV that is in a particular spot across the room. Someone in a retail store is not going to have that basic knowledge. So I know that a performance fabric is going to hold up better because I know feet will be on this piece of furniture all the time. I know that my client wants to bake certain things and therefore I can help specify things that will support her specific needs, not just generic needs, not just I need a freestanding range. What do you need that range to do? I know you make hummus. I know you make it from scratch. You're going to need X, Y, and Z things to support you in that. This is the value of an interior designer. And what I want each of you listening to understand and be able to communicate with those people around you, whether that is a friend that you run into who asks what you do for a living, all the way up to clients and contractors and architects who you are trying to work with on future projects. This value that our industry delivers for clients elevates the quality of their life in their homes. And honestly, I cannot think of anything in particular from the pandemic we're coming out of and how much time we all just spend in our homes. Everybody is looking for quality and especially in the spaces they spend the most time in. And that is their home. So I hope this makes sense. I hope hearing the stories allowed you to process through your own list of clients, figure out you probably don't even know how you have elevated your client's quality of life until you hear it being described in this manner. I want all designers to take this very seriously. It is an honor. It is 
a privilege to help clients get to that point. And frankly, it is something that we do quite well and something that you should be proud of doing. And so I want you to be able to convey that message to anyone who's looking for it. I had someone just ask me the other day, what do I think the industry is going to look like in a couple of years? And hell, I wish I knew, right? I mean, don't we all wish we knew? But our industry cannot be replaced by retail stores. Our industry cannot be replaced by online sites or by TVs because none of them can get into the home, meet the people, understand how they live, the specific and unique qualities to their family, how they interact, who's living there, how are they living there, how long are they living there? That is a personal connection that none of those other resources can possibly predict. So yes, our industry will be around. It will always be around. In what form, what fashion, I think only time will tell. But the value that we bring must be conveyed so that people understand the commitment that not only they are making, because they do play a very large role. I need to know personal things about my clients' lives in order to make my designs be specific to their needs. So there has to be this incredible trust. There has to be a lot of knowledge sharing. And ultimately, it's a collaboration between a designer and a client that makes the ultimate design work the way it's intended. So as always, I know this one actually may bring up some more questions than answers, and that is great. This podcast has created a dialogue with designers that I have so thoroughly enjoyed and look forward to it continuing. And finally, I can't recommend enough for you to get on my mailing list. Designers in particular, I send a specific email weekly to you that covers this type of topic as well as countless others that are extremely specific to our industry. You can go on my website, get on my email list, but make sure that you mark that you're a professional because we do send different content out and I don't want you to get emails that you're not looking for. And lastly, I would greatly appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast. It helps bring attention to other people who haven't yet met us and Ultimately, we are all better together. And ultimately, my goal is to help as many designers as I can. If you can rate and review the show, I would greatly appreciate it. I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today, and feel free to join me on social media at Davinia Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.